changes could be coming to Savannah's St. Patrick's Day celebration. A grieving family is asking for answers after their teenage son was shot and killed at a party. And get ready for some cold temperatures this weekend. I've got those stories and more in this episode of WTOC's Weekly Wrap, a recap of the week's biggest stories from around the coastal empire and low country. I'm digital anchor Jake Wallace. Savannah is set to host the city's first St. Patrick's Day parade in three years this March, and this year's festivities could look a little different. On Thursday, January 27th, Savannah Mayor Van Johnson and city tourism and business leaders announced three recommendations for this year's St. Patrick's Day celebration. Those proposals include an extension of the festival zone to Victory Drive and prohibiting permits for on-street vendors and out-of-town motor coach parking in that festival zone. WTOC Sean Evans has more on the recommended changes and why they're being proposed. Well, here are those three recommended changes for the festival this year. This uh, is the first to extend the festival zone from River Street all the way down to Victory Drive. That's only for the St. Patrick's Day holiday, though. The second is no permits for on-street entertainment, food or alcohol vendors in public spaces. The third is prohibiting permits for out-of-town buses requesting to park within that festival zone. Here's Savannah Mayor Van Johnson explaining what a committee of city tourism and business leaders are proposing these changes. The consensus among the committee members was that the street activities after the parade have evolved into a spring break like atmosphere, generating enormous amounts of litter, underage drinking, and other behaviors that run counter to the familiar, cultural, and religious aspects of the day. The proposed changes are only for St. Patrick's Day, not the days leading up to or following the holiday. Mayor Johnson says the festival zone extension to Victory Drive is all about including more local businesses on the economic benefit the holiday provides. Now, unlike years past, there won't be festival zone bracelet sales. That means alcohol sellers will need to check IDs before every purchase. If the recommendations are approved, there also won't be a food truck area just off of Bay Street near City Hall and vendors and concert space in the public right-of-way on River Street won't be permitted. Those would have to be set up on private property or outside the festival zone. Eventually and essentially this allows our local bars and restaurants to benefit from all food and alcohol sales. Mayor Johnson also explained the rationale behind not permitting out-of-town party buses to park in the festival zone on the holiday. These party buses are usually filled with already intoxicated individuals who come to Savannah only for the street party. They arrive intoxicated, they do not patronize local businesses, nor do they stay in local hotels. Those proposed changes are getting positive reviews from businesses that would now be in the festival zone. Two businesses WTOC spoke with say they believe those changes would help them cash in on Savannah's biggest day. Here's Ethan Smith from the Vault Kitchen and Market, followed by Elizabeth Woods from Collins Quarter. If you extend a festival zone, I mean, people are going to go to all parts of it. Have a great neighborhood over here, too. People say, oh, I don't have to go downtown to like be a part of the festivities. I can be just five minutes away from my house. Being able to pull them out kind of towards Midtown and, you know, involve other businesses that maybe haven't been a part of it before um, would be incredible. I think really being able to make an impact of seeing people experience what we fully can give to them would be great for everyone. The proposed changes still must be approved by Savannah City Council. That vote is expected at the council's meeting on February 10th. He's going to be so mad. 
and he was going to make us proud. That's how family members describe their loss of 18-year-old Eric E.J. Brown earlier this month. E.J. was shot and killed at a house party in Claxton on Saturday, January 15th. No arrests have been made in Brown's death, and the GBI is investigating. Early information indicates there were multiple fights at the party. Brown's family says what they're being told doesn't add up, and they're trying to piece together what led to EJ's death. They're asking anyone with information to come forward and help law enforcement find the people responsible. Here's what EJ Brown's aunt, Tanya, told WTUC on Monday, January 24th. 150 kids was down there, and he had 74 that remained after everything went on. Sir, I asked the same thing when I got there to the officer. What type of party was this? The GBI tells WTOC they're tracking down witnesses and investigating leads in the case. It's been chilly so far this week in the WTOC viewing area, and we can expect more frigid temperatures this weekend. WTOC First Alert meteorologist Jamie Ertel explains what's in store. The First Alert weather team is forecasting the coldest air for the coastal empire and low country really since 2018. Coincidentally, the same year we did have all that snow, six inches in Pembroke. Now, the system is very similar to that system that impacted us and gave us so much joy and so much heartache because of the road situation, but it's just not the right timing. So cold front moves through. There's going to be some showers Friday, but those showers move well to the north of us and then a nor'easter will develop. Winter storm watch for parts of New England up to 10 inches of snow by Saturday night for them. We have to be concerned with a hard freeze, especially Sunday morning forecasting 24 in Savannah, 22 Statesboro, even 28 at the beaches. Yes, the beaches will be below freezing. Protect those pets, plants, check on your people, and if you have exposed pipes, you need to drip them this time. Yes, a hard freeze is a prolonged freeze, more than three four hours, and so we could definitely have some problems associated with all of the above. For real-time radar, weather watches and warnings, road conditions, and more, download the WTOC First Alert weather app. It's available on iPhone and Android devices. You can also subscribe and download the WTOC First Alert weather podcast. Each week, meteorologists Dave Turley and Andrew Gorton walk you through the weather that impacts our area and the biggest weather stories from around the country. Get the podcast now at WTOC.com or wherever you get podcasts. The Georgia State Prison in Reedsville is closing. The Georgia Department of Corrections says the inmates will be sent to other facilities. There are no plans to demolish the building because it has historical value. A timeline on when that prison will close has not been announced. I was in the Air Force at the time, and I worked 24 on and 24 off. So the 24 off, I had a job at a service station. I greased cars, I washed windshields, washed cars, and... And so one day I was greasing this car for this fellow. He said to me, he said, you watch TV lately? I said, yeah, y'all just come on air about a week ago. He said, yeah, how do you like it? I said, man, it's great. I said, I watched the test pattern for I don't know how long. <laughs> I said, when you have a film break, it takes you about five minutes to get back on the air. He says, well, we got a problem. We don't have anybody who can splice film. We need to find somebody. Hey, I said, I can splice film. That was the start of what would become a Hall of Fame career for WTOC legend Doug Weathers. The longtime WTOC anchor and news director was inducted into the Georgia Association of Broadcasters Hall of Fame on Wednesday, January 26th. WTOC's Dow Kennedy was there for the celebration. 
Doug Weathers remains as iconically Savannah today as when he retired from WTOC 21 years ago. His induction to the Georgia Association of Broadcasters Hall of Fame would seem natural. Well, to anybody but Doug when he got the call. He said, what do you think about us putting you in the Hall of Fame? I said, I got to be honest with you. You caught me flat-footed. For more than 40 years, he was the face and voice of TV news in Savannah. But he's earned the respect of peers far beyond the coastal empire and low country. Doug is an institution, literally, when it comes to broadcast journalism in the state of Georgia. He is one of those people who, even at 90, could go back on the air today. WTOC General Manager Larry Silberman spoke of Doug's connection to the community, from the movers and shakers to the average viewers at home. But he also spoke of Doug as a mentor to generations of journalists, especially those who remain with WTOC still. When he retired, uh, he left behind not only the legacy of, of what he did, but the legacy of the people. To Doug, it was all about earning the viewers respect and trust. So the thing is, person to person, if I'm broadcasting, I'm talking to one person out there. And I want that one person to understand what I'm saying. Journalist, broadcaster, now Hall of Famer, Doug Weathers. In Athens, Dow Kennedy, WTOC News. You can get the latest news, weather, and sports updates every night on The News and all the time at WTOC.com and on the WTOC app. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend.